Hello, Stephen Jolly here. Vision Australia Radio's 2022 listener survey is on now. What do you like most about our service? Where are you listening from? How can we improve? Share your thoughts and help shape the future of Vision Australia Radio. You'll have the chance to win one of 10 Amazon Echo Dots with Alexa, thanks to station sponsor, Amazon. Terms and conditions apply. Visit varadio.org and click on the homepage link to take part. But do it before October the 10th. From Vision Australia, this is Talking Vision. And now here's your host, Sam Colley. Hello everyone, it's great to be here with you. And for the next half hour, we talk matters of blindness and low vision. The same challenge that I face to get to radio, I do not want someone else to face the same challenge. That's when I had this idea to say, let us have a radio station that will be broadcasting online, but we'll use the studio to train the raw talent, equip persons with disabilities, and give them a platform, a voice, and to also empower them to be able to walk on their own two feet. Welcome to the program. That voice you just heard there was Tufadzwa, a DJ and radio presenter originally from Zimbabwe, talking about his idea which saw him take out the Holman Prize in 2022, among two other winners for his work within the blind and low vision community in Africa. You'll hear from Tefatswa later on in the program today, and he's also got something special in store for us this week, so make sure you stay tuned to find out more. But before I catch up with Tefatswa, you'll also hear from Ainsley Sheridan from the Vision Australia communications team, who has a chat with me all about the latest news and events that Vision Australia has been involved with all around Australia. I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode of Talking Vision. Joining me today and making her Talking Vision debut, it's my great pleasure to welcome Ainsley Sheridan. Ainsley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for the invitation and opportunity. I really appreciate it because we'll be covering off on some pretty big programs underway, Uh, some campaigns. Let's get into one of those right now. The Seeing Eye Dog graduation at Queensland Parliament just recently kicked off in Brisbane. So tell us a bit more about that and how these sort of ceremonies support our awareness-raising activities. Well, this one was for all of the dogs that have successfully graduated our intensive two-year development and training program and been matched with residents of Queensland. So eight puppies had that distinction this year. Seven were able to attend the graduation at the Queensland Parliament. So we had people coming in around from Greater Brisbane with their seeing eye dogs and then a bit of a party of Vision Australia representatives, a couple of dog trainers and uh, also from the governance and advocacy team and of course our CEO Ron Hooten all in attendance. We do like to uh, celebrate the success of the pairing of dogs and their handlers but it is also an opportunity while on the parliamentary premises to talk about some of the issues that are important to us and to our community. So there were some MPs who managed to make it into the event and we're very grateful for that. That includes the 
Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. She dropped by and had a cuddle with a puppy. A very popular dog that day. And that follows on quite nicely from a couple of other Seeing Eye Dog events that have been taking place with the Puppies in Parliament in Canberra and also the recent visit by um, the Federal NDIS Minister Bill Shorten to our Kensington office. That's right. This is the third political engagement opportunity we've had in about uh, six weeks now. So that's pretty good innings. Um, The first was with Minister Shorten. The NDIS minister came to the Kensington Kennel and met our trainers and a couple of handlers and, of course, the usual delegation of our leadership team. Following on from that walk around of the facility, we also caught up with uh, Minister Shorten again in Canberra. And another photo op again. Everyone loves a puppy, Sam. Uh, We had the Prime Minister, Anthony, Albanese cuddling one of the puppies uh, on that day. I believe that was a bit of a front page story around Australia, even made it into one of the UK mainstream publications. So excellent exposure there, again, of the work we're doing with seeing eye dogs. And uh, many politicians, too many to list this time, came to that event with their staffers. And again, just a great opportunity to really talk about the work of Vision Australia and particularly seeing eye dogs in supporting our blind and low vision community. It's really great to have that outreach because it does help, particularly in our work of governance and advocacy in policy formation and policy advice to some of these large agencies. Uh, But also there are sometimes unintended but very positive consequences. For instance, the wonderful catering manager at the Queensland Parliament event came over to me just at the end as we were tidying up and said, you know, I am so inspired by this event today. I would actually really like to buy one of the plush toys that we have of Seeing Eye Dogs and donate that to my uh, child's school for their end of year raffle, uh, which is a fundraiser in itself. So there's really sort of two bites of the cherry there where we get the benefit of that uh, retail support for our products, but then also we get a little bit more exposure into that school community and then that school community further benefits from the raffling of that dog uh, at the end of the year. So it's wonderful to see the way that the broader Australian community really engages with us and the things that matter. And on that (laughs) fundraising topic, Ainsley, I understand Specsavers is currently running a fundraising campaign that Vision Australia is involved with. So Specsavers has come on board in a mutually beneficial partnership with Vision Australia. It's been a three-week fundraising campaign in the lead-up to World Sight Day, which is October 13, and that, of course, being an annual event designed to shine a light on the importance of eye care for our community. So really, we had some key messaging for this campaign about particularly our clients who are 60-plus or potential clients for 60 plus, but also Specsavers shoppers and just really finding that synergy between Specsavers and the work of Vision Australia so that not all eye conditions are resolved just by a diagnosis for glasses or other optical tools, but may need some further investigation and support. And that's where Vision Australia can step on board for those Specsavers clients. This particular campaign is a fundraiser. It's expected to bring about $15,000 into our organisation 
organisation and we also had a face for the campaign of Tony Brune. Now, Tony is a client, of course, of Vision Australia and does a lot of work in our quality living groups. He is a well-known chef with a high social media following and he was bringing some of his cooking skills to the week as well uh, for World Site Day with a cooking demonstration that was certainly in the plans. And you've mentioned that um, is tied in with World Sight Day, but we also recently celebrated White Cane Day. And I understand there's a couple of initiatives that Vision Australia did kick off in conjunction with the day. Yep. So for a White Cane Day, uh, we, as the comms team, prepared a guiding video. So this was a really light-hearted and relatable uh, how-to video, uh, sort of an extension of our life hack series of videos, just giving advice for how people who are sighted can be a help and an ally to people who are blind or low vision. Often people do want to make an approach, but they might go about it in a way that's a little bit unhelpful, or they might not make that approach at all because they're just not confident what's appropriate to say or do in that situation. So Brittany Watson, who is again one of our clients and a um, keen volunteer in the quality living groups um, was the face of that campaign of that video and she has been speaking with media around white cane day and just what it means when you see someone in the street who is navigating with a cane and what it means for their independence and their safety their mobility in general what you can say and what's helpful to do in that situation um, as well um, and then of course World Sight Day on October 13 uh, was all about uh, the Amazon Alexa skill, another campaign, um, a co-development there between Amazon and Vision Australia. And a skill is simply when you talk to these devices and you say, hey, in this case, Alexa, tell me about Vision Australia. And that's the skill is that uh, Alexa can now tell you um, about the products and services that Vision Australia can provide. And uh, there were a couple of case studies there of people who have been using that particular um, skill in a in a test in the lead up to World Site Day. Um, and it's everything from the usual, you know, what's the weather and what's the news today and, you know, how to plan and how to to navigate your time and your day as a person who is blind or low vision. So again, really impactful outreach there, demonstrating that these technologies are super supportive of our community, but actually have that much broader um, benefit for the sighted community as well. I've been speaking today with Ainsley Sheridan, sharing all the latest news and events going on around Vision Australia and in the wider community. I'm Sam Colley and you're listening to Talking Vision on Vision Australia Radio, associated stations of RPH and the Community Radio Network. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ainsley Sheridan with an overview of some recent events and initiatives Vision Australia has been involved with around the country. And now, please enjoy my conversation with DJ, radio presenter and 2022 Holman Prize winner Tafadzwa Nyamuziwa.
I'm here today with Tefatswa Nyamuziwa, one of the Holman Prize winners, a 25,000 US dollar prize awarded to three lucky winners every year for their contributions and ideas which are set to benefit the blind and low vision community. Tefatswa, thank you so much for uh, joining us today and congratulations. Ah. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Uh, thank you so much for hosting me and yeah, thank you very much. You're the founder and the director of Shine On Africa, which has been in action for 10 years now. So could you tell our listeners all about Shine On Africa and the work they do? Okay, so, so when I became blind and I was in Zimbabwe, you know, um, I had a lot of questions for myself, but I had no answers. So this is what uh, gave me the hope of starting on Shine On Africa, whereby I started up to, to train blind people in order to allow them to access technology because the world has become a global vision and IT, uh, um, everything is found on the internet um, and the world is based now on, on more technology. So we thought, no, why don't you train the blind people to be able to, to access technology? And then we also looked at the issue of uh, advocating for uh, equal opportunities for, for persons with disabilities, like their rights. We also looked at the issue of, of their health, you know, uh, issues like sports, issues like HIV and AIDS, you know, that involves, um, because at the end of the day, persons with disabilities, are also, they're also affected at the end of the day. So this is what actually gave me the dream to start uh, Shannon Africa, you know, but um, yeah, to be able to to make an impact, you know, in the small little way that I could, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, it is this impact and the work that you have done within the disability community, which has seen you become one of the three winners of uh, the yearly Holman Prize. So congratulations again. Can you describe what it was like to be one of the winners when you found out? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I first just want to um, thank the Holman Prize um, from the Lighthouse in San Francisco in America for coming up with such a competition. It is so empowering. Uh, it gives someone else uh, who's blind hope and a vision. I'll tell you this, uh, Sam, I was so over the moon. I had to dance, I had to jump, I had to sing. It was just like, wow. Because um, so when I, when I actually saw about, I read about the Holman Prize, I looked at it, I studied what, what exactly they were looking for, I then compared it with what I had in my mind or the vision that I had, and I said, okay, I'm going to go for this. And I, I say to myself, I'm going to win this competition because I believe that I am a winner. You know, when I get into a competition, I go with the spirit of a winner. You know, so, yeah, the, 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 the whole journey and the process was all exciting. You know, it was challenging, exciting, but you need to keep pushing, you need to keep going. And I guess to understand the vision and the idea that you do have and that you um, now are able to get that one step closer to fulfilling, I understand your passion for radio and for being a DJ goes back quite some way. So could you tell us about how that all started? So when I got blind in 2009, I first asked myself a question that now that I'm blind, what do I do? What is it that I can do? What is it that I'm passionate about? So I then said, I've always wanted to do radio. I've always wanted to be a DJ. And I've been keeping this uh, this talent and ability in me for a while. So I just then um, moved from one side of the world to the other side. And that's when I started trying to figure out, okay, if you're blind, how do you become a DJ? How do you become a radio presenter? How do you become a radio host? I went for some auditions in Zimbabwe. I was told I never made it. Uh, I had journalists following me and saying to me, no, you had a good audition. But what you felt, what you felt, what happened was just stigma and discrimination that was then the auditions. Until finally I 
I went to one radio station in Zimbabwe and they, I said to them, just give me the opportunity. Let me try it out and let's see how it goes. When they give me the opportunity, boom, I just went. So the journey has been exciting, interesting, challenging. And then you actually figure out that um, there are jobs that are being said that are only meant for, for the blind. Like, for example, I, I, I'm going to be using Zimbabwe as an example. Most people in Zimbabwe, I only expected if you're blind, either be a teacher or be as, um, a telephone um, operator, like you work at the call center or at the reception. And I said, no, 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 no. I think uh, people with disabilities also have got their own abilities that they want to do. So I said, the same challenge that I face to get to radio, I do not want someone else to face the same challenge. I want them to be what? To have an, an easy way to mainstream radio. So that's when I had this whole idea to say, let us have a radio station that will be broadcasting online, but we'll use the studio to train the raw talent able to equip persons with disabilities and give them a platform, a voice, and to also empower them to be able to walk on their own two feet. And it's really fantastic to hear about um, you bringing your lived experience with the challenges and the obstacles that you have faced when pursuing a dream of becoming a radio presenter and a DJ. What sort of things have you found have been of benefit to you? People may be wondering out there, how does somebody become a radio presenter or a DJ when they are blind? Maybe there's some people out there who are in the same situation who are thinking, it's too hard for me, or people have said, know a lot of times how do i sort of overcome this barrier okay so sam one of the biggest challenges we have in the world is um attitude yes okay so i often say this to a lot of people don't think for me but ask me how we can do it i'm the one who's got the solution or if you talk to me and i talk to you we can negotiate we come up with a solution so the thing is, out there, there is um, the interesting thing is a lot of technologies out there, and there's more technology that is coming to enable you to actually become an independent uh, broadcaster. I use softwares, and I just use a laptop that everybody else uses, and I'm able to do every other thing that I can do. I've worked on a radio station, you understand, um, and I've been doing a research to say, how does one person actually do online radio? So each and every other day, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out new softwares, new systems. I'm consulting other people who are in the field to really figure out and find out how it can be done. And each and every other day, I'm figuring out new things. So it's never too late to do anything. If you just believe in it, just do your own research, find out who's doing it, who is that person who can uh, give me more information, definitely you'll be able to, what, to make it. So in short, this is what I'll actually say. Just get out there. Information is out there, do your research and you get the, the exact um, things, tools that you're looking for. As much as I'm also saying to software developers, you know, that as you if, as you make your softwares, work with the, with the blind in mind, you know, think of a software which is just universal, whereby it can be used by the blind and by the sighted, so that we don't leave anybody behind and people don't feel that, no, I can't use this software, people, uh, people are limited. I believe in an inclusive society where we, one thing is made for everyone. 
it's so exciting to hear stories like this, especially as a host and a producer myself with Low Vision. And, you know, hearing these stories is just fantastic every time I um, have the opportunity to speak with somebody who is pursuing their dream like you are right now. And it's really amazing to hear all the messages out there that you've been able to share with people and, you know, the ways that you've overcome misconceptions that do unfortunately still pervade in society about people with disability. So it's, you know, such important work you are doing. And, you know, in regards to that work that you are doing, the Holman Prize, as we mentioned, does bring you closer to your dream of opening recording studios in Zimbabwe and Uganda that will employ and train blind and low vision people to become radio presenters. So, you know, what does it mean for you to see this becoming a reality after so many years and now it's sort of you have that extra impetus because of that um that funding from the Holman Prize. Most of the time personal disabilities we've got we've got visions, we've got dreams, but we fail to realize this dream because of lack of, of funding or or lack of uh, experience and everything. Um you know I always look back to myself and I say I've come far away and this is so amazing to be able to see me realize one of my dreams and my vision and just leaving that footprint on this earth, you know, whereby you inspire the next generation that it can be done and it should be done and it should be done by you and by me. So um, I know uh, the, the, the whole um, uh, implementation of this whole project is going to be exciting. It's going to be challenges. Uh, you discover certain things, only two things will, will change. But the whole idea at the end of the day is I'm looking at the bigger picture. What is it that we want to do? How is it that we can get blind people, low vision people, being able to, to live their own lives and live their dreams? Because I believe you can use radio either as a hobby, as a career. If you're given the opportunity, it's good. But if you're not given the opportunity, you never discover the ability or the capability that one has. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested about this. And um, yeah, I, I'm taking up the challenge and I want to say what's going to be happening because yeah, very soon we'll be, we'll be shining like stars. I love that. That is fantastic. And, you know, how can people follow your journey and follow the project over the next um, year or so? So if they go to 360 Degrees with Nyams, uh, that's on Facebook and on uh, on YouTube. So Nyams spelled as N-Y-A-M-Z, uh, 360 Degrees with Nyams. Or they can just go and look for a Facebook page, Galaxy Radio, Inc., I-N-C., or uh, they should watch out for, for the radio that's going to be up and running. Uh, right now we're up and running, but we are just got some music in the background. So they go to galaxyradio.net. So www.galaxyradio.net. They'll be following the, the whole project, the whole dream, and the whole vision. Because we make an impact in, what, in, uh, in people's lives and we change the world and we, we'll be able to leave a footprint. That's a wonderful note to end on, Tafatswa. Thank you so much. I've been speaking today with Tafatswa Nyamuziwa, one of the three Holman Prize winners for his work within the disabled community in Zimbabwe and all around Africa. And now, as promised, we've got a special treat in store for you this week, as Tafadzwa has been generous enough to share one of his radio programs with us, an excerpt of which we're going to play today. Please enjoy DJ Nyams as heard on Radio Flora broadcast out of Wusthof in Germany. 
You'll hear from DJ Nyams himself briefly, and then he'll be playing a Zimbabwean gospel piece to round out the show this week. So without further ado, I give you Tefadzwan Nyamuziwa as DJ Nyams. It's a very good afternoon. Welcome to Radio Flora. The name's going to be DJ Nyam. Nice and easy and a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's the old school Wednesday with DJ Nyams. Nice and easy. We are doing it nice and easy on your big station. Nice just as you like, just as I like it. Let's chill, let's have fun. It's old school Wednesday with DJ Nyams on this beautiful Wednesday. It's a great, great, beautiful, great afternoon. How you guys doing? Hope you're all great and fine and fantastic.
And that's all we have time for today. You've been listening to Talking Vision. Talking Vision is a production of Vision Australia Radio. Thanks to all involved with putting the program together. And remember, we love your feedback and comments. You can contact us at talkingvision at visionaustralia.org. That's talkingvision, all one word, at visionaustralia.org. But until next week, it's bye for now. You can contact Vision Australia by phoning us anytime during business hours on 1300 8474 That's 1300 8474 or by visiting visionaustralia.org. That's visionaustralia.org. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Visit varadio.org to find out more about our podcasts.